0: Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into part four of my continuing 2016 genre coverage in today's statistics episode. We read the wind and the sky when the sun is high. We sail the length of the seas on the ocean breeze. At night we name every star. Today we are going to be discussing crime films, drama films, and thrillers Uh, We will do our best, and by we I mean me, rather I, will be doing my best to make this as brief as possible Drama being the most uh, saturated genre uh, ever, pretty much uh, but to make this not only snappy and uh as brief as I can be, but also hopefully to learn something about these genres and their uh, uh, their their impact on on the general world of film uh, in the year two thousand and sixteen. Just like last episode, where there were three genres, we will start out with all three, with films that satisfy all three at the same time, moving on to uh, three separate pairings of the genres, and then lastly, uh, the films that only satisfy one of each thing. And another thing uh, regarding uh, this kind of, all these episodes that are specifically dealing with the genres from 2016. Part of this, part of why I'm doing this, is because I think it's. I think I'm personally gaining a lot of insight into the business and the films and what's coming out and why such and such a film, uh, why why things happen to be trending in a, the direction that they are and and what to be expected uh, from it going forward. But also because I, I started podcasting. Uh, in, in the winter, late late fall, winter of, of 2016. So I had missed a good eight, nine months worth of 2016 films to, to cover before I started doing this. And this kind of allows me to go back and touch, albeit briefly, on, on the films that I did watch from this year. That I wasn't able to have uh, the time to devote an ep- actual episode toward and uh help help you as the listener have a better understanding of where i'm coming from and what i feel about a specific film and and how those films are um representative of my tastes and things such as that so that's that's where we're at and uh let's uh let's get into this so, crime drama thrillers. Uh, I've got six currently for 2016. And none of them are good. <laughs> the uh, They range from a rating of 1 to a rating of 58. Uh, so not nearly hitting that 60 mark that we look for in a good film. But uh, that's, that's okay. Uh, you know, it's... It's tough when you're satisfying three specific genres. uh, But, you know, they... they, I mean, some films can manage it, but it it depends on the combination. Although, you know, crime, drama, and thriller generally go together pretty well. But, however, for the following films, they really don't. You've got, starting from the bottom, Term Life, awful. Inferno was awful. Uh, Imperium... Daniel Radcliffe was okay but but the film itself I thought was silly uh, Trespass Against Us Gleason and Fassbender are fantastic but the film is, is very very average and then tied at 58 are The Accountant which has its moments to be sure and, and definitely plenty of supporters uh, out there but is kind of I mean, it's it's another film that kind of turns a a disable a a disability into a superpower when it it really isn't, as, particularly not in the way that it's being portrayed at least. Uh, and then also at fifty eight is Money Monster, which I enjoyed, but I <laughs> but I, I do recognize that it's very a very flawed film. So. Crime drama thrillers Not a good showing for them In 2016 There's uh, You know 2015 Was A a very strange year For crime drama thrillers With five of them Getting a four or less Out of a hundred But two of them Getting a 92 So it kind of Odd, very odd, how last years went. This year, nothing eclipsed sixty. You know, this is like the Godfather genre. You know, maybe not thriller necessarily, but um, I guess when we get into crime dramas, we'll, we'll see. But crime drama thriller, you know, it's it's tough because you don't really, you kind of have to go back to like more of a gangster era. Type of situation, you know. I am surprised. Live Live by Night doesn't satisfy thriller, uh, but it comes close. And it it, it kind of there's there's no sense of urgency in, in a lot of crime dramas that that add that thriller sense to to the film. And. You know, when you film something like Inferno or Imperium, there's definitely a sense of dread, a sense of working against the clock, and something breathing down your neck the entire time that's really causing this mo- these movies to be thrilling on top of their drama and on top of the crime that they are involved in. So, you know, last year you have Sicario, which was fantastic, a brilliant film, that manages to capture all three of these genres incredibly well. And you also had Victoria, which is a foreign language film shot in one take. It's two and a half hours long. and it's a gorgeous movie that really succeeds in you know it, it's it's less of a genre movie than than most. Uh, you know, while Sicario is most definitely, is very upfront about the genres that it play, takes a part in, Victoria is a much easier and laid-back approach to that sort of thing. And, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I mean, I liked both of the movies equally. So, you know, you can, you don't have to approach the, like, the crime genre and be a bank heist movie. Or, uh like a terrorism or whatever, you know, it doesn't have to be die hard or anything like that. It can just be you know, petty crime or you know, wrong place wrong time type of situation. Uh, you know, identity theft. Things like that. So, for these movies for 2016, you know, The Accountant, Trespass Against Us, Money Monster, They Wear Their Crime on Their Sleeves for sure but they the the problem i think in, in these movies is the thriller aspect they're all trying to be thrillers and the only one that i think really has succeeds at all is money monster which is more money monster is more let down by its drama aspect of things uh, but I think The Accountant does crime and drama fine and really just fails at the thriller. You know, uh, What's-His-Name, who plays the Punisher on the Netflix shows, uh, is good in, in a, The Accountant. But you, n- I never got the sense that, you know, lives were being threatened. You know, because one, you don't expect Ben Affleck to die or Anna Kendrick because they're the main characters. But... I don't know. There just wasn't that kind of ruthlessness. It, everything seems so business-like. You know how thrilling can it really be? So I, I, I think crime dramas should stop trying to be thrillers, and and leave that genre alone. Uh, you know, if they need a third genre, pick action. You know, The Accountant, Trespass Against Us, Inferno—they're all action movies, and that's much more. They're much more at home there. You know, maybe mystery. Mystery is a decent genre to tap into. But I, I don't think I don't think they should try to be thrillers. You know, unless you need to have damn good writing or a very compelling premise and the accountant is an awful premise. Trespass against us is a terrible premise. Inferno and in term life. And Money Monster, all written very poorly. Uh, Imperium is decently written and has a decent premise, but it it doesn't satisfy it, just it doesn't click together. The pieces and the moving parts don't work as one in that movie, and that's kind of why it does not succeed either. So, those are crime drama thrillers. Bad year. Bad year. Uh, Next, we're going to do drama thrillers, so we're going to take out the crime for a second and jump into a section of genre that are actually uh, pretty decent, pretty decent. You've got uh, Arrival is a drama and thriller movie, The Handmaiden, drama thriller, 10 Cloverfield Lane, Train to Busan, Miss Sloan, Midnight Special, L. Uh, Nocturnal Animals, Snowden, The Shallows. There's a lot of a lot of solid drama thrillers this year. You know some some not so so solid. You know you've got Misconduct, Shut In, Man Down, uh, Patriots Day. In my opinion, uh, Gold that are dramas and thrillers that don't really work. But a lot of really good ones. A few foreign language ones. Uh, big Oscar movies, lesser Oscar movies. Etc., uh, you know, so two of my top two films from the year so far are both dramas and both thrillers. Now, they, they differ greatly outside of that, with Arrival also being a mystery sci fi film, and The Handmaiden being a foreign language romance film on top of their thriller drama genre, thriller drama genres, but each film incredibly dramatic, and each film incredibly thrilling, you know, there's, you know, while a lot of the films in the, uh, the three genre category failed to be thrilling, and, and really shouldn't have even tried to be, a lot of the film, you know, Arrival, The Handmaiden, Ten Cloverfield Lane, Train to Busan, all incredibly thrilling, they succeed flawlessly on that, and, you know, the genre aspect of these films is not ever a crutch and it's not ever the downfall of them. You know, whether they succeed or not is primarily based on the technical aspects of things, you know, and the acting within the film. And a lot of these films succeed because they don't have, you know, negatives anywhere. You know, Arrival. Handmaiden, Ten Cloverfield, Train of Sun, Miss Sloan, Midnight Special, L, Nocturnal Animals. They manage to succeed in their genres, in these two genres, drama and thriller. They manage to reach out into other genres, you know, whether it's horror, whether it's action, adventure, uh, mystery, romance, sci-fi, whether it's in a foreign language or not. Uh, and then they and they are able to capture an even wider net of emotions and visceral reactions to what's happening on the screen you know beyond being dramas beyond being thrillers these are movies that are exceptionally well made and these genres go hand in hand you know action and adventure are are kind of go hand in hand although as we kind of talked about before that there's been some issues there but dramas and thrillers are you know kind of peas in a pod a dramatic movie is a thrilling movie a thrilling movie is dramatic and you know we'll kind of dive into the films that only satisfy one side of this coin but uh, you know we'll see just how cohesive they are going forward and looking at last year's drama thrillers, you've got another really good crop of films that hit these marks The Hateful Eight, The Lobster, Son of Saul, The Revenant, Queen of Earth, The Wave, Allsward Git, The Walk, Southpaw, Spotlight, Cyberbully, Eye in the Sky, Maggie, Zephyr Zachariah, you know, films that uh, you know are do do very good job of being dramatic and being thrilling and not necessarily overreaching their grasp. Their, their reach is not exceeding their grasp and they are successful in what they are aiming to do. Now it's curious, like why does adding crime to these movies make it that much harder. You know, if we can if they've success they're successfully adding foreign language making making these movies in a foreign language, they're making them horror, they're making mysteries and sci-fi's and romances and action movies, why is crime so difficult to to add to a movie like this, you know? If Arrival had a crime aspect to it, is there any scenario or realm in which that would be successful? and, uh, you know, maybe not, you know, I don't know, maybe, you know, obviously I can't possibly consider that, because it is based on an actual story, it's not an original film in that sense, Uh, but you could look at something like 10 Cloverfield Lane, which I think could possibly add a crime genre to it, without suffering too greatly, you know, a little twist to the plot and to a couple of characters here and there, and it's probably not as good of a movie, but I think it still would succeed in some sense, you know, part of the charm and uh, quality that comes from 10 Chlorophyll Lane is the fact that uh, John Goodman and John Gallagher Jr. aren't kidnapping Mary Elizabeth Winstead's character they're just you know quote unquote rescuing her and and protecting her from the dangers outside there's only there's only so far you can stretch a movie plot-wise and and genre-wise before it starts to fray and disintegrate but I don't. I don't know. It just it's it's interesting that crime is the one genre that's so difficult to to get right in that sense. Um, so let's move over to crime dramas, and only have a handful of those. Only five. One really good one that's gotten a lot of love at the Oscars, and then an, a significant number of poor ones. That would and the the good one is Hell or High Water. I give that an 80. 8 out of 10, 80 out of 100 and it has done gangbusters at the Oscars Uh, quite a a few nominations including Best Picture and Supporting Actor for Jeff Bridges but other than Hell or High Water you've got War Dogs, Live by Night American Pastoral and Bad Santa 2 if you add the comedy element and so you know, crime drop again. We're seeing like films that have crime are, are struggle. You know, it, it's there's a reason why the town is such a beloved film and, and praised so much is because it was diff, It's crime movies are difficult to do right. There's a reason why the Godfather and the Godfather Part Two are so revered. It is because crime films are so difficult to do right. You know. Zootopia in fact is a crime movie. OJ, you know, and and it got it right. And it doesn't rely heavily on its crime to be fair, but it does utilize crime in in a lot of different ways. Uh, and and that's commendable. And so we're seeing here that when you use the crime, you know, particularly this year, this year crime has been Quite unsuccessful. You're um, kind of kind of going to transition here to crime thrillers, where you've got the nice guys, which is good. Don't breathe, I I think is good, but then now you see me too. Jack Reacher never go back. Uh, you know you. You know it's it's almost as bad as horror, as the horror genre, which is, in my opinion, the most difficult genre to do well you know you put out 10 horror films a month maybe one of them hits a 60 on my ratings you know i've seen six films or so from 2017 so far two of them are horror films and they're terrible they're absolutely awful the bye bye man rings just shit just absolute shit and so you know Crime thrillers. You know, there's some nice ones. Like, a lot of people love The Nice Guys. I think it's good, not great. Uh, Don't Breathe had a lot of strong elements to it, but uh, ends up getting bogged down in, in structural issues, in my opinion. So. The question is: Can are, are we making progress on the crime front? You know, did we peak with the Godfather, and are we ever going to get back to that? Uh, you know, there's you know you've got Casino, you've got Goodfellas, uh, you know all these classic Scarface classic films that are crime films, crime dramas, crime thrillers, whatever have you. Uh, you know scarsese is, is fantastic in this genre like this is kind of his wheelhouse but it does feel like we get maybe one or two really good crime movies a year and that's it uh and and the ones like this year's great great crime dr- crime movies are like crime is like the fourth or fifth genre that they ascribe to you know zootopia is a crime movie but it's definitely not a crime movie first it's an animated movie it's an adventure movie it's a comedy you know and it long before it ever becomes a crime movie you know it's a buddy cop movie there's a lot of genres and subgenres that you would attach to zootopia before you call it a crime movie And so I I don't know that we're moving in a direction where it does not feel as though we're moving toward more great crime movies in the future. It feels like we've left that genre behind. And, you know, even a movie movie like The Nice Guys, which is refreshing, it is very fun, Uh, Gosling and Russell Crowe are are great, and play off each other really well, but it, for me at least, it did feel like a lot of it retread old ground that we've seen before, and while this has a lighter, brighter tone to the movie, it's still not breaking new ground, it's not revolutionizing this genre in any way, and Hell or High Water comes a little bit closer, but I think it still does not succeed. It's, you know, we've seen Hell or High Water movies before. We've seen those tropes, those characters, those plots. And it looks nice, and it's well done, and it's well made, and the quality is high. But the innovation, the ingenuity, it's not there, like it is in a lot of other genres. So I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't think we're you know, I think at best we have stalled on crime movies going forward. At best, that's that's what I'm seeing based on the data. Uh, you know, and like like I said, we might get we're gonna get one or two good ones a year, but outside of that, it does not look positive for crime movies. Um. So I kind of I kind of talked about the solo crime movies already. I'll just kind of run down. There's a little bit further. Um, it, it feels like the best crime movies are the ones that like utilize it sort of as a last aspect genre. Like Zootopia is definitely a crime movie, but it sits crime at the bottom of the stack. Or uh, something like Central Intelligence, which is. Definitely an action comedy and then a crime movie. It's crime, but it's action comedy first. Or Masterminds, which is terrible, but it's comedy before it's a crime movie. Um, you know, Suicide Squad factors into this, but Suicide Squad is its own thing. It's got so many genres and it's incredibly muddled and difficult to parse through that you by the time you realize it's a crime movie and can see the crime elements it's like half over and you're still reeling from <laughs> the the consecutive trailers that you just watched back to, back to back to back to back to introduce all the characters uh... and then you've got uh... documentaries and documentaries might be the saving grace for crime films uh, you know, crime does really well in television. Uh, you know, there's, that's why Law and Order and CSI and whatever it, ha- it is, they have such a great fan base and great staying power on television is because crime works in a much more confined, episodic nature. But when you've got real crime, so things like Amanda Knox or O.J. Made in America, that's, that's good that's that's a significant improvement over the fake crime that we see in movies you know it's don't breathe is nice and all but we don't believe when we're watching it that there's a blind guy with a house like the ones in this movie that would you know like like <clears throat> that's the kind of scenario that you feel doesn't happen in real life, could only happen in movies, whereas <clears throat> something whereas it's kind of in a paradoxical kind of way, you watch OJ Made in America and you're like, they couldn't have made this shit up, you know it's interesting you know, you, you see the real thing and you think, well there's no way they could have prote- faked it there's no way that someone could have thought up a story like this But then you look at a Don't Breathe, you look at a Nice Guys or whatever, now you see me too, and you're like, well, there's no way this could be real. And I I think that's an interesting aspect to these films. Uh, So let's move on to thrillers. Just thrillers, no drama, no crime. What are we dealing with? Well, we're looking at the Neon Demon. We are looking at Captain America Civil War. You know, we're looking at Hush and Always Shine, and Split. Uh, Split, which came out recently, technically a 2016 release. Uh, Deepwater Horizon, Star Trek Beyond, Ouija, Origin of Evil, Girl on the Train, Jason Bourne, Blair Witch, Allegiant, Incarnate, The Darkness, 13 Hours, Resident Evil. Definitely some low-end stuff that's awful, and some high-end stuff that's, that's quite good. Uh, you know, I quite enjoyed The Neon Demon. I know it's a very divisive film. I think Hush is great. Well, I think Hush is very good. I like it a lot, uh, but it's a very simple, straightforward movie that doesn't really present more than what you're seeing. Uh, I watched it on Netflix very early last year, relatively speaking. Uh, it's also got John Gallagher Jr., he has been. Uh, crushing it in thrillers lately. Here he plays the bad guy to a female protagonist who has no hearing. And so, you know, you there's there's... Thrillers... The reason thrillers succeed is because you feel the paranoia. You feel the fear. You are concerned and worried about the state of the characters in the movie. As well as you can connect to the thing, the source, the origin of the thrill. So, for example, the reason Captain America Civil War is considered a thriller is because you've got Zemo terrorizing the world. Causing destruction, mayhem, confusion... Rampant terror and and damage everywhere. There's a manhunt for the Winter Soldier. There's the Sokovia Accords because Scarlet Witch cannot control her powers well enough to keep innocent bystanders free from harm. So there's all these different things, and I think that what that the success for Captain America: Civil War in that is that if we had superheroes today. And, and I know a lot of moviegoers may not Actively be thinking about this But I think it's something that kind of plays in the back of your mind That Well They do destroy a ton of shit When they're fighting each other How bad is the damage Like what Where does it stop Where do we say okay that's gone too far Like I know you're Superman But you just knocked down a fucking city block there are hundreds of people in those buildings that it could be hurt or killed you know i get that there's this bad guy running around but you can't just destroy things and civil war addresses that problem and how successful it is in that in doing so is is up to your own own interpretation but that is a huge element of the movie and you don't have to be on the side of the thing that's making the movie That's causing the thrills, but you do have to see and recognize and understand the thing that's causing the thrills. That's the key element. Uh, And so the more successful films are the ones that are more, I believe, in my opinion, are able to do so better. You know, you've got Split, which. Takes you inside James McAvoy's mind and puts you in his head, and it lets you experience all these different personalities. And you know this film that you know that's why the movie focuses so much on James McAvoy that you do get a sense that you know the Beast, as they call it, is this thing that they revere that they're afraid of, and you can see it, and it's more of a palpable thing, you can touch it, it's tangible. Whereas, uh, let's say you're looking at a film like Incarnate, which is a terrible, terrible film, and you don't feel anything like that when you watch Incarnate. You don't feel a sense of impending doom, No one's ever concerned for Aaron Eckhart's character. He's already in a wheelchair. How much worse is his life going to be? He's depressed. He's, like, suicidally throwing himself into the minds of other people. Where's the stakes? There aren't any. And you've got a boy possessed by a thing, and it's, you know, when everything takes place inside their heads, you don't feel a sense of, peril, and, you know, when the, the thing kind of comes outside of the boy, and things start to go crazy in the real world, there's a little bit, there's, like, almost a sense, they, they briefly, briefly hit that point of, like, oh, okay, so there's some real stakes going on here, and then they quickly dial it back, and they say, no, 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 wait, 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 we're, we're we're just kidding, and so, Like, that's why these movies are succeeding. That's why we have successful thrillers. And, you know, you can look at 2015 uh, had a lot of successful thrillers. Uh, Missing an Impossible Rogue Nation, Slow West, Bridge of Spies, Hardcore Henry, Furious 7, Cop Car, Green Room, uh, Emily. You know, a lot of movies came out last year that were just thrillers, that satisfied all of these things and you were sympathetic and understanding of this genre and what was making your main characters paranoid and, and concerned for their well-being. So those are thrillers. I feel like I don't think we're I think we've I think filmmakers, for the most part, uh, get thrillers, and and I mean that in the way that they're aware of what needs to be done to make these movies successful, and they don't always succeed, but I think that's less because they're incapable of doing it, and more because they either a don't have the budget, b the time, or c the need. To be frank, you know, a movie like Civil War has to succeed. If that movie brings home a hundred million dollars domestically, then like just fire everyone attached to it, because that's paltry, that's nothing. Whereas a movie like Incarnate has to do like five million domestically and it's a success. You know, like that so like why are they putting any money into it at all? That kind of thing. So, I think that we're going to continue to see a lot of really good and a lot of really bad thrillers going forward. Uh, I don't, you know, I think th- being thrillers have changed in t- over time and it evolved, but at the core, they're all the same sort of breakdown. You know, the, the, the underlying skeleton of the movies, those movies, has not changed drastically. In the last 20, 30, 40, 50 years. In my opinion. But let's move on to the biggest genre of all time. Dramas. I hate this genre. I hate it because... Almost any movie can be considered a drama. In one way or another. Because if there's no drama, you kind of don't have a movie. You need drama to propel your movie forward. If everything just works out perfectly, then there's no movie. You know, that's a bad movie. But if there's conflict and conflict resolution, there's generally drama. And that's. That bothers me. I, I, I know that, that ha- that's how it is, but I wish it wasn't. So. Looking at jo- dramas from last year, there's really no trend. Like, I've got genres at the top of the list, at the next level, at the next tier, at the next tier, at the middle tier, at the lower tiers, at the bottom of the tiers. They're everywhere. You know, you've got a one for mothers and daughters, you've got a 94 for Swiss Army man and 20th century women. That's not telling us anything. Drama is always going to be the biggest quantity of movie. Every year, it's always going to be the most represented genre at the Oscars and Award season. It's the kind of movies that everyone goes out to see. <clears throat> uh, and uh, it's frequently paired with comedy to balance to help balance each other out. Comedy is the w- one genre that in my opinion, I feel can be done best by itself without drama. Okay, so you can have a straight comedy, you can have a straight drama, and then you can have a dramedy. And all three variations on those things are perfectly attainable. And while I remember mentioning that you know straight comedies have become fewer, fewer and further in between, straight dramas continue to be incredibly prolific. Moonlight, straight drama. Manchester by the Sea. Straight drama. American Honey. Straight drama. Hacksaw Ridge. In my opinion, straight drama. I don't have a genre for war. I guess it would fit that. I don't consider it an action movie. Um, but, you know, keep going. The Birth of a Nation. Straight drama. Denial. Straight drama. Loving. Sully. Drama. Drama. Hidden Figures. Drama. You know, it's and i'm not disparaging these films because of this aspect to them far from it they succeed because of this aspect it is innate in human beings that drama is enticing you know we we see drama and we're drawn to it that's why you see you know School drama, you know why friends are at each other's necks, or something happens and everybody's talking about it because anything more than mundane normal life is exciting, and that's what we want from our movies. We want highly tuned or highly or high finely tuned drama to elicit every single sense in our body that it can. We want to have a visceral reaction. You know, we want a movie like Inside Out, where the drama is just palpable, where, you know, if you are sensitive enough to what you're watching, you can be in tears from the opening to the end. We want movies to give us a reaction, and drama is the fastest way to it. You know, whereas a movie, that comedy movie, on the other hand, while it might be easier throughout the run time of, of a movie to get someone to laugh than to cry, the, if, if your big payoff in a drama movie works, it doesn't matter how good the rest of the movie is. That salvages the movie. Whereas if a comedy, if you land 50% of your jokes in a comedy, that movie might be, you know, that's a forgettable movie. You have to do better than that. You have to land, you know. You gotta hit like seventy percent before a comedy becomes, you know, memorable. So in that sense, it's it's tough, you know, to kind of put everything on the line in a drama. You know, if Moonlight's third act falls apart, it takes a huge blow. That's a huge blow to that film because it relies on each act. On each act, incredibly a lot, but but that third act is the crutch, the basis for everything else. You know, if Manchester by the Sea... yeah, Man, just thinking about it. If Manchester by the Sea isn't as powerful, isn't as moving, if the performances aren't as good, if you don't convey the drama that's actually unfolding on the scene well enough it crumbles it falls apart and so you know we get a dozen incredible dramas every year every year you know this year, 20th Century Women, Don't Think Twice, Manchester, Patterson, Your Name, Sing Street, Moonlight, Jungle Book, Thunder Road, Hunt for the World of People, Captain Fantastic, Her and Friend Adam, The Innocents, American Honey, Edge of Seventeen, Hacksaw Ridge, La La Land, The Mermaid, Sing, Birth of a Nation, Indignation, Denial, Rules Don't Apply, Loving, Sully, More from America. In varying degrees, sure. Last year, Sicario, Victoria, Inside Out, Anomalies of the Big Short, Carol, Room, Ex Machina, Steve Jobs, Brooklyn, Meet Earl, Dying Girl. Creed, Dope, Embrace of the Serpent, I Am Big Bird, Night at Cup, Straight Out of Compton, End of the Tour, Mustang, Youth, Seven Days in Hell, Goodbye, Joy, Stutterer, Beast of No Nation, Miss Hokusai, Macbeth, Tangerine, A Perfect Day. You may not agree 100% with my opinion and my assessment of these movies. And I'm sure virtually no one else in the world agrees exactly with the ones I just went down the list for. But I bet the majority of you would hit upon like 70-75% of those movies and agree that those are well-made, quality drama films. And every year, we're going to get a dozen, two dozen of them. Every year, they're going to be nominated for Best Picture, Best Actor, Best Director, Best Writing, Best This, Best That, Best That, Best That. And... But there's an ish, There's a problem, there, there's a double-edged sword here for drama movies that at first glance doesn't always see meet the eye. Because you get to the end of the year and, man, it's like, oh, Moonlight Manchester by the Sea, Hidden Figures, La La Land, all these dramas just coming at you from every side. Hacksaw Ridge, you get lost in the fact that, well, there was also The Legend of Tarzan. And Collateral Beauty. And the, the Hollers. Almost Christmas. Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk. The Light Between Oceans. Bleed for This. Passengers. The Fundamentals of Caring. Fences. Fences is... I'm definitely against the grain on that one. But, you know, we don't realize that... To have so many great dramas... you got to have a lot of misses, too. And some years, I think this year... The hits outweighed the misses. Uh, Past years haven't, that hasn't necessarily been the case. You know, last year you've got Fifty Shades of Grey, Danish Girl, Jane Got a Gun, Burnt, Irrational Man, Heart of the Sea, uh, Black or White, uh, Louder Than Bombs, Suffragette, uh, further, you know, more films like that. There's La, for 2014 had Jamesy Boy, Gambit, and then a huge... La, 2014 was, was a, a definitely, definitely skewed towards the lower end. You've got Miss Meadows, Winter's Tale, Endless Love, Dracula Untold, And So It Goes, Heaven is For Real, Very Good Girls, Give Me Shelter, Annie, The Face of Love, Goodbye World, Serena, The Sea, If I Stay, Labor Day, 300, Rise of an Empire, Northern Soul, Nor breathe in, are you here, the giver, Pompeii, the better angels, the angriest man in Brooklyn, I'm not even at 30 on my rating scale yet, so 2014 I think definitely skewed further towards the lower end of the scale, 2015 and 2016 have both tipped back the other way, so maybe we're improving, maybe we're managing to put out less shit, Maybe I just haven't seen all of the shit that uh, came out in 2015, 2016. Uh, but I'd like to think that we're trending in a positive direction and that that trend will continue. Uh, but it could very well tip backwards and we could end up with another year like 2014 where we're very heavy on the bad dramas. Remains to be seen. You know, Looking at 2017 so far, I've seen two dramas, they've both been (laughs) god-awful. The Space Between Us and A Dog's Purpose. And it's still only February, so all the good movies haven't even come out yet. But, for what that's worth, I have a love-hate relationship with dramas. This year had some great ones, had a couple bad ones, but definitely trended upward, in my opinion. And that's uh, that's where I'm at. If, uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, queries, you can send them to circleoffilm@gmail.com. at gmail.com. If you just want to look up some information, feel free to check out the website, circleoffilm.com. Circleoffilm.com. Uh, and can't remember if I said gmail.com for the email or not. Regardless, uh, you can check out the website. There's a page that will better enlighten you about the spreadsheet. You can look at my current nominations for the Circle of Film Awards for 2016, which will be uh, awarded very soon. Uh, I'm currently expecting to do that podcast episode about a week. The weekend before uh, the Oscars, I should be able to have seen everything to a satisfying extent at that point. Hopefully. We'll see. And uh, I think that's it. I think that's it. I'm Again, I'm Ryan. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed the episode. And as always, have a week.